Welcome to episode 10 of the Coach Fit Play podcast. In this episode, Chris Hassersley talks to Charlotte Ellis on her journey to the Ladies European Tour. It started. So, um, obviously, we met in 2012, Ladies European yeah. Tour at La Manga. We did. So, I know a little bit about you and your golf as a professional but I don't really know too much about what got you to professional levels so could you just start by explaining like how you got into golf um, and a little bit about your initial journey? So um, I was relatively late to golf um, I started when I was 13 slash 14 and that was only because my dad played and my younger brother, my brother, he's four years younger than me. He was already playing and he was going to an academy in, um, at my club, Minchinhampton. And um, so obviously I was getting ferried back and forth um, with mum or dad picking him up and I just fancied to go one day and so I started playing and yeah my my dad was very much my coach for the first four years of my golfing career and then we slowly realized that I was getting quite good and my handicap was coming down quite quickly so um that's when i started having proper lessons um so yeah okay cool and were there any other girls playing when you started like 13 yeah. 14 i suppose so there was a group of five girls in the whole club and um a lady called peggy blackman who went out of her way to take us out she she was probably in in her 70s at the time and she she um gave up a lot of her time and her weekends to take us out and um encourage us to continue to play and get our handicaps down and as the years went on i was probably out of the five the only one that continued to play um so yeah it's all down to her and that I kept going and kept kept at it yeah that's a that's crazy isn't it I mean it sounds a, a really crazy comment but five girls in a golf club presumably private golf club um yeah. five girls is actually quite quite good really and were they all similar age um we were quite similar yeah I'd say it was within sort of um five years of each other mm. um yeah i was probably in the middle i wasn't the youngest and i wasn't the oldest yeah fair um, but yeah i was definitely the one that um kept reducing my handicap all the time every time i went out and played um so yeah got the bug but i was also um playing tennis as well so I I was quite serious and quite into my tennis um, and I was doing athletics as well and hockey so it wasn't just golf initially I was juggling other sports um, and then obviously 
golf being quite time consuming um i later just transitioned a lot of the time into my golf how important um, did you find having those other sports um yeah we'll talk about specializing in a sport quite early but obviously you've mentioned that you didn't start till you were 13 14 for a lot of um a lot of athletes they're, mm. they're starting to specialize in one sport by the time they get to those teenage years so having those other sports as well how did how influential were they to your golf yeah i think massively our, our i mean our family is quite sporty anyway so we had that natural hand-eye um, early on. Um, and yeah, I think it's really important to, ha to have played other sports as well. Um, just, just from like, you know, hand-eye and just appreciating what, what it takes to, to be a sports person. Um, and variety, I think, you know, um as much as golf is standing still and hitting a ball um you have more body awareness from playing other sports i think yeah sure yeah absolutely and that's um probably really good advice to parents as well because this is something that we talk a lot about in within our academy um that we're getting kids that are getting younger and younger wanting to specialize in golf or yeah. specialize in one sport and the trouble is you're in that sport for so long and I think the the nature of golf when we were growing up used to be that we all wanted to get to the top and go and win the Masters or play the Solheim Cup in your case or, or yeah. the Ladies Open. But, um, there was that dream of going long-term where now it's about trying to win the British Junior Golf Tour at age nine or trying to get to the US Kids World yeah. Championships. And yeah. the focus seems to be a lot more on specialising early and trying to win early but that yeah. doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to win long-term. So I suppose having those other sports kind of keeps you a little bit grounded and level-headed that you're not putting all your eggs in one basket. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, you may injure yourself in an area of one sport which stops you doing another. So, um, yeah, definitely. I think it's just good to have an all-rounder um all-rounded um sort of yeah what's the word i'm looking for approach, <laughs> approach yeah to all sports yeah perfect um so just recapping then so 13 14 years old you get into golf like i said five girls in a golf club is actually quite impressive it sounds a ridiculous comment but now we've got, like, I see girls at our local clubs and there's only one girl to every 25 boys and it yeah. might only be about 25 boys full stop. So yeah. you're not going to get many girls going within the golf club. For you growing up, how do you keep the drive? Because that must get a little bit lonely. I know you mentioned that dad was a big influence in that and I'll, I'll go into that in a little bit, but what kind of keeps you driven as the only girl that has this pathway set for you i mean at that time i wasn't really thinking about um making that sport my profession it was just i really enjoyed the game and um growing up with a younger brother and being into sport um a lot of 
those sports um most i would say were boys um and i actually quite liked the competitive side of competing against the boys like why you know just because they're boys why should they be able to beat the girls so i just had that natural competitive edge of of wanting to prove that the girls can do just as well as the boys um so yeah uh that's a what, good drive isn't it <laughs> yeah yeah and um it wasn't yeah as i say it wasn't I wasn't thinking about going professional at that stage. I was just enjoying the process of getting my handicap down, um, which was probably the initial drive. Yeah. What was the what was your handicap? So you, did you start with a handicap? Yeah, I started with a handicap of forty-one, and I think the maximum at that time was for a girl was forty-five. Yeah. Um. And then I think it dropped quite considerably quite quickly. Um, and then it did it did plateau. I didn't actually get to scratch till I was 20, no, 21, maybe? Okay. Which seemed crazy. I, I feel like um, I was single figures for a long time, but just getting to that number of scratch just took that little bit longer. Um, but yeah, that's a little bit down the line. <laughs> I think that's going to be a really valid point, though, for our girls that will be listening, um, is to know that 14 years old, um, they don't know where you ended up yet. We haven't obviously got to that. But 14 years old, you've got a handicap of 41. Um, yeah. For a lot of these kids that have this drive of I want to be the best player I can be or maybe dabble with the idea of actually playing on tour, Mm. They, they, what they start to do is they kind of put handicaps and and almost benchmarks at ages. Um, and obviously, we're all aware of Charlie Hull, and she was homeschooled early. And I think, I think if I'm right in saying that she was playing a plus figures at 14. So, um, yeah. yeah, so huge difference. Huge difference, yeah. But you, there you are. 10, 15 years later, whatever it is, and you're both playing on tour together. Um, So I think that's a really good point for them to realise that actually you don't have to worry so much about age. Um, I talked to my friend James. I said I did a a recording with him a few weeks ago and he was talking about the average age of keeping your tour cards. It's actually relatively late into your 20s and even early 30s. So I think a lot of these kids now think that you've got to be a superstar straight away. And obviously it's going to help, but yeah, it's yeah. not always set out for you like that. No, I mean, we all develop at different stages and different ages. Um, and yeah, it's not, it's not a, a rush and don't feel like you're behind, even if you start late. Um, I mean, you've only got to take uh, Iona Stevens who took up the game late after playing hockey and uh, she she got on tour having only played the game for five five years or so so it's um, it just goes to show that playing those sports those different sports um, beforehand before maybe deciding to take up golf can really help um, aid in your 
in your progress. Yeah, absolutely agree. Very good. Um, what about your dad then? So he was coach until you got your first proper coach, but um, what impact yeah. did he have on your progress? Yeah, massive. I mean, he um, he was always encouraging us to go out and, and play. Um, he was a good girl for himself, still is. And the dream for him when he was younger, he actually went out to America to pursue a golf career, um, playing off plus one, um, and realised quite quickly that he wasn't going to be good enough. So he came home. That's cutting a, a long story short. But um, yeah, I think he was quite encouraged to to see that um, my brother and I were we had a bit of a, a talent there and it was just nice to do stuff as a family together. Um, my mum, um, had lessons early on, but she had, um, horses, horses were always her thing. So that takes up a lot of time. So she didn't actually play. Um, so that's why we did tennis as well, because we all played as a family, yeah. but it was so nice to go out with dad and and my brother and and play some holes and get competitive so yeah it was great and um i wouldn't necessarily um suggest that someone uh growing up getting into the game get coached by their dad for four years <laughs> <laughs> i definitely picked up some some um habits that perhaps wouldn't have crept in had I had professional help early on. Um, but I think at, at that stage, it was really just getting into the game. It wasn't, and just playing, it wasn't about getting the perfect swing to then compete later yeah. on. It was just, he, he was keen to help me play. And, you know, he was able to get me to a, a reasonable level. I think I got to, um i'm trying to think now he definitely got me down to maybe even single figures before i went across to a proper coach yeah sure um so yeah he did a great job <laughs> well, absolutely it's the relationship isn't it i mean parents are the most really they're one of the most important factors in a, a junior's journey because once even if you are having lessons with a pro you have that lesson once a week once a fortnight once a month whatever it might be your yeah. parents are one that's got to then continue that and reinforce the message and take all the arguments like the coach is lucky in the sense they're not going to be the ones having the arguments it's the parents and the juniors that end up arguing in the cars so it's, it takes a very strong parent to manage those situations and try and avoid the yeah. awkward silences and so kudos to him to to continue a four-year coaching relationship with you and help <laughs> get to that level so um, yeah. obviously something went right so yeah no I, I'm very fortunate to have to have had his knowledge yeah um, firsthand so yeah so good parenting and not being completely um, focused just on golf having other avenues as well is a good recipe for longevity in the game but also improvement yeah and keeping it fun because as i say it wasn't the initial goal to be a pro 
So just literally applying yourself to the game for the pure enjoyment of it. Um, Because if you take it too seriously too early on, I think you then start to not enjoy it so much. So, yeah, it's just keeping it fun, keeping it competitive. Um, Yeah, and then when you realise that you have got um, what it takes and a bit of a talent there, then then you can hone those skills. Um, So, yeah. Good advice. Um, Okay, cool. So, obviously the people watching this are going to want to know where did Charlotte Ellis end up then? So obviously <laughs> we've talked about your junior days. Where did, what, how did the pathway progress? So from, um, so I, as a, as a good junior golfer in my club, I obviously then started to play in the Alliance teams um which got you into that match play um sort of different game um and then went on to um the county picked me up and actually by that stage I think I only played one year of junior county because I then was too old (laughs) and um so I was then playing for second team um county gloucestershire ladies county um and then yeah was in the first team then after that i think i was picked up by england golf um so we had what we call um a birdie squad um and yeah there was a few from our region but the southwest region that got selected to be a part of that um so that was a big thing you know being selected and being recognized by england um so yeah that was that was when i thought hang on a minute yeah i'm 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 must be quite good at this game. and you're no longer a junior at this point no okay um, that's really cool to to hear as well yeah um, actually, I'm just remembering now, there was um, one tournament um, which was run by then the English Women's Golf Association um, up at Gainsborough, where the ping factory is. And I played one ping junior, uh, sorry, not ping, just one junior um, national event before I was then too old to continue in the in the junior ranks so i was then straight into the the main tournaments mm-hmm. um yeah and so. then like i said we met in 2012 yeah so as you said you were what, 21 when when you got to scratch yeah and then i turned pro at 26 and that's when we met yeah yeah so I mean that's like for me that's so cool to hear because I think as I said all so many kids have this idea in their head that they've got to go straight from junior golf into pro golf um so to know that actually the journey can continue and it can be in the format of playing for your country yeah I actually think those steps are important to have had 
those, you know, playing for your club, playing for your county, um, then, you know, representing your country. Um, you know, for me, that seemed like the natural progression for um, wanting to become a professional. Um, and, you know, there's obviously other routes, but I think your experience is important in the game. You learn a lot on, the, on that journey. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a, a, a good recipe, if you like, mm -hmm. to, to getting to, to the top. Um, you know, there's, there's no real shortcuts to, to becoming, you know, the best. Um, so yeah, I think those steps for me were were important. Yeah. Um, so and then we'll just talk a little bit about your pro dates. And so um, obviously, I met you in Lamanga when I was caddying, and yeah. I think you took it by storm, didn't you? you did pretty well. Um, I I went to Q school. I think three times my memory's terrible might have been twice but each time I finished fifth so I didn't I never won Q school but yeah I, I came fifth at, at Q school which is pretty good because it's such a long process isn't it like, I think we were there yeah. for three weeks well it seemed but, like three weeks it's <laughs> yeah uh yeah I can't I can't remember actually um it is a long time because it's it's nine rounds of golf yeah um just seems to go on and on but it's good fun because yeah. when you first enter you have to do first stage and there's four rounds and then you have to have made the top um i think it was yeah maybe top 50 to get through to the second stage and then you yeah and then you have to finish in the top however many again after four rounds and then you you're basically playing for your category in in the ninth round as it was for us um so yeah exhausting yeah <laughs> and how did the first season go like for you were, were there any memorable moments anything that stood out um it was a long time ago now <laughs> I know, it's quick, isn't it? um things that stood out um I think Turkey was um, was quite a big um, thing for me. Um, you were there as well. Did we not share a, a villa that year? Yeah. All yeah. I remember from that year is we come off the golf course and that was the year Aguero scored in like the 93rd minute for Man City to win the league. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's weird how you remember these things. Not even golf related. No. Um, but yeah, you, you, I remember you doing really well there. That's, I think, did um, Carly Booth win that one? In Turkey? Actually, no, she won. The, I think I'm thinking of the Deutsche Bank, actually. Yeah, no, she won one in Switzerland. Switzerland, yeah. That's that the first one. Yeah, that was an incredible place. I think we only went there once. Uh, would have loved to have gone back there. But yes, no, um, I think the thing that stood out for me was Turkey because I, I think I led after the first round 
and then I got to play with Laura Davis in the third and fourth rounds and that was just like <laughs> incredible yeah that was yeah I remember that and I just remember it's all like being really envious yeah oh, this is it Charlotte's managed to pull the uh pull the <laughs> door and um but then it because then it kind of become normal though to to meet these girls on tour and get to know them and like yeah. the personality of someone like Laura Davis she's awesome yeah you can learn so much being around those people yeah definitely I I was I remember being very nervous about potentially playing with Laura um and then when it was confirmed I was like oh my god I'm playing with Laura um and how did you feel like your first tee shot with her then so Oh, uh, to be honest, she was amazing. She, before our tea time, she walked over to me on the putting green and introduced herself because she obviously appreciated that I was very new to the tour. Mm-hmm. Um, first year on tour. And then um, being such an experienced um, and well-known like legend of the game, she approached me and just introduced herself and basically just put me at ease straight away it was like like no no offense to her but she was like my you know my golfing mother it was just like she just put me at ease yeah and it was such a pleasure to play with her i actually didn't feel as that nervous playing with her because i was just quite relaxed about the whole thing um and just kind of soaking up that experience um yeah it was it was great it was really and then to play with her again in the fourth round that was that was just a bit of a bonus really yeah um very cool yeah really cool what about the the open because you qualified for the, the ladies open yeah Banbury. i qualified uh yeah the open at turnbury um in fact i i'm trying to think now which course it was i think um i can't remember the name of it but i remember shooting i had a stupidly early tea time which i was dreading um but actually you know got it out the way and had probably the best of the weather i think i shot like five under um i think it was a course record um is that q school no, this was for the qualifying of the um to get into the open. Yeah, 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 the yeah, that's what I mean. Sorry. The, yeah, the qualifying that was like a week before. I feel like a, was it was it was it Caldi? Was it that one? Caldi. No, I didn't um it wasn't Caldi. No, I can't remember the course. I can't remember the name of the course. Um but no, it wasn't Caldi. Because I remember we did, I, we did that one. I got into a playoff on that one, but I didn't make it through to the, through the playoff on that one. Um, I have a feeling that one was for Royal Liverpool. It wasn't for Turnbury. So, yeah, um, okay. Uh, yeah, so I got to play um, at Turnbury. One of my favourite courses, actually. Love that place. Yeah. Uh, and that was just the most amazing thing to I never I don't know I I didn't have a huge amount of self-belief um 
to be honest and to have actually gotten into my first major was uh, just unbelievable it was just like one of the biggest achievements of my career getting into that um and yeah it was amazing I uh I think I was a few under in the first few holes and I'm not even sure how I made contact with that first tee shot um and actually in my just before that first tee shot Donald Trump had walked onto the tee box <laughs> beforehand um, and then walked off. But obviously at the time he wasn't president of the United States. <laughs> so how do you cope with that? So you're in the, the ladies open, your first ladies open, because did you play it again? Yeah, I played it um, once more in, um, at Woburn. That's right, yeah. But Turnbury's, I mean, Turnbury's unbelievable, isn't it? Turnbury, to to yeah. play there, your first Ladies Open, that opening yeah. tee shot. And I'll never forget, I was playing at John O'Gorn that weekend and um, having it on my phone. And for, I think, after hole three, there you were, right at the top. And I'm like, she's, <laughs> she's going to win the Open. But it was like yeah. Thursday morning. <laughs> Lydia Ko was the the name that was above me on the leaderboard and uh, I I was just looking at this leaderboard with my name underneath hers and I was like is this even real <laughs> what yeah, is it's crazy like? and I had my brother on the bag which was was a really nice thing as well um yeah sadly the um <laughs> the story went that I didn't make the cut in the end after all that I think the weather was with the weather came in and it was just absolutely just awful sideways rain freezing cold um yeah so I think it was a shame a real shame not to make make the cut I actually felt like I should have done mm. um but the experience of just being there and playing and I got to play with Christina Kim as well I'll never forget that. She's such a, a huge personality in the game. Yeah. And again, she was another one who made me feel really um, welcome and, you know, was really friendly. Um, That's really cool. Yeah, That's really cool. Really and, you know, the, the best thing about that was I said in the scorer's hut, I said, um, I, sorry to ask, Christina, I said, but would you mind signing a golf ball for me? And she said, oh, don't be silly. Um, I, it'd be my absolute pleasure. She was like, could you sign a ball for me too? And I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> she wants my really autograph. Christina like, Kim at home on her mantelpiece as a golf ball signed by you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hoping that that's the case, but she's probably she's probably chucked it in her practice bag. Now. <laughs> awesome. So yeah, just going back to that first hole then. So how do you cope with those nerves? Oh God, I don't even know. I think I was just trying to take myself into a place where I'm I'm like okay, just lots of deep breathing, trying to calm myself down almost for me it wasn't about hyping up the situation it was playing it down yeah 
so I was just like look it's you know you've you've hit a thousand or more balls in your lifetime you know you I can... think you hit more than a thousand yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. oh no only a thousand um yeah and I just thought well the amount of times I've hit the fairway like that's my strength in my game hitting fairways and greens so let's just just go through your routine and just stay calm breathe just soak up the situation it's a, a massive achievement to be here so just go out and enjoy it as much as you can just try not to put any extra pressure on yourself and just just play play the game that you have practiced all all your life for <laughs> yeah um so that's what i did and yeah i couldn't quite believe that um i was under par through those first few holes i in my mind i was just like if i can just be around par um and just play my way into that that first round um and then hopefully I would settle and and just just keep calm and and just play the the golf and that I know I can play. Yeah. And then actually, yeah, when I when I was under par through those first few holes, I was just like, oh my god, like how is this even happening? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In fact, there's one golf shot in the, in that open that just sticks in my memory um and it was in my second round actually and i had a late tea time second round and um a lot of the spectators were starting to go home because the light was fading um and i remember having this shot into the 17th hole and the pin was tucked over on the right hand side with maybe three feet of green to the right and you've got this burn running around the front of this green and I'm having to hit three wood into this hole because the wind is so strong. Um, I think the, the previous day I'd hit like an eight iron in so that just shows you how strong the wind was. Anyway, I've absolutely hit this bullet three wood um, and it just floated up towards the pin and landed like, a wet tea bag just <laughs> to the right of this pin and I've held it for a three and there was literally like just a few people like just clapping <laughs> and like the cameras had gone home as well and I was like oh that was my highlight <laughs> nobody saw it <laughs> oh no it was great incredible um look thank you so much for your time um I know that I'm sure you've probably got other things to be doing, although we are in lockdown. So um, yeah, I'm a busy lady. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Um, but if I could ask, if there was any advice you would give to yourself at 14 years old again, which would be really good for the girls that we've got within our academy, what advice would you give? I would say um, to continue to enjoy it make it fun but also I would say focus on the short game I know it seems like everyone says that but it is so true um one thing that I 
I did a lot, I chipped a lot with my 60 degree wedge and I thought I'd never chip with anything else. But it's so one dimensional. So I would just say, you try and vary it, mix it up. Lots of short game with every, every club in the bag and just test yourself. But yeah, just enjoy it. But yeah, enjoy it as much as you can. Nice one. Wonderful. Thank you very much. And um, we'll catch up again soon. Yeah. Stay safe. You too. Cheers, Charlotte. All right. Thanks for listening to episode 10. Hope you enjoyed that with Chris and Charlotte. Um, We'll be back soon with some more podcasts with the coaching team to help you play better golf for the rest of 2020. Um, You can check us out on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at AF Golf Store. Please do check us out and uh, we hope to see you soon.